Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got record collection by Mark Ronson and the Business International. Uh, and we're certainly going to do the business with Mark Ronson today uh, in what is a really interesting, complex album. Yes, I have been so excited to talk about this album. I've been looking forward to it. In fact, I've not enjoyed any of the last few we've talked about at all. What, not even the lovely Darren Hayes? That was, that was a lovely one, so actually, yeah. Not even the, the wonderful Pet Shop Boys. Oh, Twice. I love, I love talking about the Pet Shop Boys, of course I do, yeah. Uh, not even... <laughs> Had the small. Tom Jones. Oh. <laughs> well, she appeared on it. That was great. They were all great, but this album... Is just for me the combination of so many things that I love about music, to put it vaguely. Uh, it's a fantastic, this, the sounds that are created on this album, I just can't wait to delve into. It's a wonderful creation by a uh, producer, come writer, come performer. He's Mark Ronson, uh, Mark Daniel Ronson, British slash American producer, DJ, songwriter. Uh, born in 1975, which means he's 44. Hmm. And doesn't he look good on 44? Boy, he does actually, yeah. And he's, he's very, he looks young and he's very youthful as well, I think, isn't he? If you see him interviewed, if you saw him on Celebrity Goggle Box, um, if you see him, the kind of people he likes to hang around with, Miley Cyrus and, and the like, he seems uh, younger heart and uh, I'd probably put myself in that bracket as well. Well, that's a very generous opinion of yourself. I was, I was talking about you. I wasn't talking about looks, but... Uh, Young at heart. I do still get ID'd. Not with that bushy beard. <laughs> uh, and Mark has had a lot of collaborations. Absolutely. Many of which we're going to cover off in the album today. But um, he's had a great career already. And still, right now, he's releasing, he's successful, um, and he's at the top of his game. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, collaborations, I mean, some that we're not going to get to talk about today. So some of his biggest work has been with Lily Allen, Amy Winehouse, Adele. And funnily enough, they're not really at the top of our long list, are they, those artists? But I think he's, he's a very versatile artist as well. So the music we're going to cover in on this on the Record Collection album uh, really is quite far up our street, actually. So this album we're going to talk about today is Mark Ronson and the Business International... Dan, do you know who are the Business International? Uh, yes. As Mark Ronson, as your starter for 10. Super. I, I'm led to believe there's Nick Movshin on bass and drums. Victor Axelrod on keyboards and percussion. Homer Steinwes on drums. And Rose Eleanor Dougal on keyboards and vocals. So you've got a bit of Axelrod in there. Which is always nice. Which is absolutely lovely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Record Collection is the third studio album by Mark Ronson uh, and it was released in 2010. There were a number of singles off this album uh, and it was, I'll oh, go into more detail later, but broadly very well received. Now, I don't think there are many tracks on this album that weren't featuring other contributors and uh, artists. Yeah, we spoke about who the Business International Band are, but there's so many rappers, other producers, songwriters involved, vocalists on this album that uh, I'm looking forward to. Even There's even a choir. Uh, uh, and a very specific choir as well. Mm. That. 
Uh, Dan, when were you first? Uh, when were you first ar- uh, not aroused by Mark <laughs> Ronson? When were you first made aware of Mark Ronson's body of work? It definitely would have been. Well, no, this is the thing. Actually, I was thinking about this as we were getting ready to record. I was going to say Version, that album, of course, that featured the collaborations, the covers, and the collaborations with Amy Winehouse and the like. But somebody did give me a copy of Here Comes the Fuzz, his first album. And I'd never listened to it for some reason. They told me, you've got to listen to this album, you're going to love it. And I've never listened to it fully. But Version, I thought, was great. But I didn't actually buy Version. I quite liked Valerie, quite liked God Put a Smile on Your Face. And then on this album, I heard that he was working with... Duran Duran, or at least two members. And I thought, well, I have to I have to listen to this whole album. I'm going to love it. And absolutely, still to this day, love this album. It's one of my favourites. It's one that is actually, if you'll uh, turn your, gaze your eyes to the wall over there, Will, what can you see over there framed? Uh, the Queen. No, to the left. Uh, Oscar Wilde. Or the it's, Queen again. It's the album cover. <laughs> it's the album cover framed. So it's, uh, we've got a lot to get through uh, in this week's episode. Uh, it's never a bad thing. And obviously further listening is, is with us later. It's a little way, way ahead yet, but uh, we've got a couple of treats planned. Mm. So side one, track one, is Bang Bang Bang. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, quite aggressive of you to look me in the eyes when you said that. Sorry. It's a real intention there that I've never really felt before. From me or from anyone? From you. Oh, I do apologise. I was trying to raise the energy in the room. It's a little bit lacklustre today. But... Well, second, second year in now, it feels like you're just uh, a bit more aggressive. <laughs> this is uh, what, what a brilliant start to the album. Just say it. Just say what you're no, going to say. No, I'm not going to say it because I'm... I know I'm being mocked about this online at the moment as well by some of our listeners, so I'm not going to say it. But I do think he really started as he meant to go on on this album with that one. Didn't he just? This was such a huge song when it came out. Um, So this is, we should mention the featured artists. So you've got Q-Tip and Amanda Warner from MNDR. This was the lead single. And I think what's great about this is we talked about how the album version came before this. Of course, had the massive singles like Valerie we mentioned before, but that whole album was very brassy, wasn't it? And then he came back with this, which was just full of vintage synths, more of a urban flavour in there as well. A completely different sound, really. Wait for this. It was brassier than Bet Lynch chucking a drunk punter out of the Rovers <laughs> come closing time. If you had said punter, that would have been 10 out of 10. <laughs> Must try harder. Yes. But well done. Good for effort. This was, uh, it's, it's actually based on a children's, French children's song called Alouette, believe it or not. Is it Alouette, Chanto Alouette? I mean, you, you've been doing your French lessons, surely you know that one. No, it's, uh, that's passed me by. Hmm. And with it under toi, it always makes me think of you. Uh, now, obviously I did hear it before, before this beautiful friendship had formed. This takes me back to, obviously this was released in 2000 and... Ten. <laughs> Ten. 
I just we we danced to this at kitchen parties. This song came on, and we would just dance like crazy. Such a cool track to dance to. Yeah, it's not like so sort of cheesy pop song came on, and everyone was sort of dancing around to it. Like I left my heart in Tokyo by Mini Viva. <laughs> what a random song to pluck from obscurity. Well, that's what we're all about here, isn't it? So, mm. uh, what a what a song that was. Oh, what a great song. What a shame they didn't do an album, otherwise we could have published them. Yes, it's such a shame, but very juxtaposed to uh, to Mark Ronson's album, though. Yes. So you mentioned uh, the guests on here. So we've got Q-Tip. Is there one song of Q-Tips that you think of when you hear of, when you hear his name? Not specifically, but I always remember him as um, the main producer for a tribe called Quest. Hmm. So I was, I think I was at Festival when they did. They were one of the headliners. And they did their, uh, I think it was their last ever European day or something like that. And I had, no, I've, I had no connection to A Tribe Called Quest at all. But I do vividly remember his song, Breathe and Stop. Uh, but MNDR, you a fan? I'm a massive fan of MNDR. Feed Me Diamonds and Swerk with the Scissor Sisters spring to mind. Absolutely. Was Feed Me Diamond the album or was that the... Uh, it was a single. That was a single. Uh, and there's some great stuff on the album as well. But, and I'm going to bring them up again, Duran Duran. <laughs> so they, Duran Duran were touring a couple of years ago and Nick Rhodes, founding member um, of the band, had to miss some of the shows for uh, family reasons. And they didn't want to cancel them because it's quite, it quite a hefty tour, the Paper Gods tour. So they brought in MNDR, aka Amanda, to, to take his place. So she played keyboards. He was a member of Duran Duran for a very short period a few years ago. What a great piece of pop trivia, actually. Mm. Looking at the rest of the songwriters on here, it is just a who's who. Uh, you've got Alex Greenwald there from Phantom Planet, famous, of course, for the theme song to the OC California. Uh, you've got Nick Hodgson, former Kaiser Chief, who left to pursue the projects. But yeah, a whole host of incredible songwriters on this one track, Bang Bang Bang. But should we move on to track two? Can I just say, did very well, got to number six in the singles chart in the UK. Uh, and quite right too. In fact, should have done a bit better. So, track two now, um, and we want to lose it in the end. Will, I absolutely love the drums and the vocal effects at the end of that song, and I hope whichever editing fairy is doing this week's episode puts that bit in. It's uh, it's a wonderful well, it's a wonderful track actually. It's such an earworm, and I think one of the things I love about a lot of Ronson tracks is how complex they are. You can't pigeonhole them either uh, because you had some rap in there, you had some electronica, you had a bit of a kind of marching band style in there as well. Really really detailed yeah great production and then the thing that i think is like you said there's so many genres there's so many influences through this album i think the the thing that is holding all together is the vintage synthesizers and this on this song they're sort of working on overtime 
and it's kind of quite a wonky rhythm that they're the part of their time and a half here. <laughs> double time <laughs> but like you said there's a lot of rap on this album here we've got Ghostface Killer before this we had Q-Tip and Bang 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 and I think they're two artists that we wouldn't ordinarily sit down and listen to but on these songs I absolutely love the part they play oh I think it really you know I, I would be the first to admit I'm not a big rap fan but I think it does add something a really nice layer on the top of here Alex Greenwald also featured on this track he's back after the previous track and he's on vocals on this track as well uh, and also Jonathan Pierce of the drums you should have really said that band name shouldn't you track three yes uh, this is uh, the bike song uh, track number three <laughs> So that is the bike song, and that was the second single released from Record Collection. And you were very enamoured with the end and the outro of the last song. What did you think of this one? Uh, again, I love the outro. I mean, it does play out for about a minute, and there is a very quite comical part to the end where Carl Faulkner, there of The View, he is just sort of elongating his part of the song. But actually, the bit before that, where the music is still happening, it just kind of, it just... It goes on for what some people might think is outstanding as welcome, and for you and I, I think it just kind of lets the energy and the momentum of the song just build and build and build. What do you think to it? Um, I really like it. What a fun song. It is, yeah. Um, lots of uh, bike bells uh, and bike horns in the background there, which is um, just some fun additions to it. Yeah, but uh, no bike accidents. Which is good. It's not a laughing matter. Just ask Jeremy Vine. Oh, we had terrible trouble, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Um, also, uh, rapper on this was Spank Rock. <laughs> Two of your favourite things, Dan. Um, so this is, yeah, you're right, it was the second single. Also, maybe quite predictably, Transport for London only bloody jumped on this track oh, and used it, it in a video promoting cycling. We might come on to talk about the album artwork later. Well, we will come on to talk about it later. But I must say, the artwork for the singles uh, was a great concept. It was vinyl records kind of stacked up with the particular single title as the top record on the stack. And with Mark Ronson and the Business International being one of the ones further down. So the same as the album artwork then? No, because that's more of a patchwork approach. This is more of a literal well, stack of records. Well, I think that's... I think that's... I think they're stacked on the album cover. Well, no, we'll, we'll have that out later. You're giving the game away. Maybe. We'll you've, uh, you've blown your load too soon. Um, but I love Kyle Faulkner's vocal on this because I think you could assume his vocal is very suited to The View, of course, the band that he was from. Do you remember the song Same Jeans? Uh, and they had a great, I really enjoyed their second album, Which Bitch. But to hear it on a song with a rapper with a bit more urban dance production on there, it's great to hear him in that different context. And also on this song, there is a co-write from David McCabe, who is the frontman and songwriter of the Zootons, which is very interesting because, of course, they initially released Valerie as made famous. Yes. Or more famous, I should say, by Mark Ronson and Amy Winehouse. So I just love how throughout this album we've got collaborators who perhaps have become friends because of uh, Ronson's previous work. 
Track number four now. This is Somebody to Love Me. Birds and I across the line. I used to know her when my house was sober. I could find lessons in life. Over and over, is it really over? So lovely to hear on this podcast, Boy George. For the first time. Yes. Not the last time, I hope. No, I hope not. Great. In one form or another. Mm. Well, I think what's great about him on this track particularly is that uh, I've been lucky enough, I'm sure I must have told you, to see Culture Club twice in the last uh, last four years, three or four years, I'd say. But of course, this track appeared nine years ago, so even before Culture Club's reunion was even a thing. And... Actually, not long, only a year after he was, uh, well, all that business, all that trouble. But he came back, he lost a shed load of weight and looked fantastic for it, and um, did a great work with Culture Club, but I think this is just... Wasn't he on The Voice when it first started? Yes, I think he was as well, yeah. actually. Yeah, I forgot about that. But so it was with... on the BBC. Yes. Happier times. Yeah. But he sounds great on this song, doesn't he? He does, and I'm a big fan of Boy George. I think he's a huge icon from the 80s. Um, he's got a great attitude about him. Doesn't suffer fools gladly. No. And good for him, actually. And neither should any of us the, these days, either. Uh, joining Boy George on vocals on this one is Andrew Wyatt of Mike Mike Snow. Is that how yes. you say that? I don't, yeah. I've never heard it said. I've only ever read it. Just say Mike Snow. Oh, there's two eyes. Mike Snow. <laughs> Um, who is an Oscar winner alongside Mark Ronson and Lady Gaga for Shallow from A Star Is Born. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's good, isn't it? You're a fan of that song? Uh, I can't say I know it off the top of my head. Did you see A Star Is it? Born? Uh, I probably won't. No. For Did the you best. see A Star Is Born? I haven't seen it yet. Is it still in the cinema? Sadly not, no. Neither is Titanic, are you asking? <laughs> New releases. Mm. This was a top 55 single when it was released. What number did it get to? 55. Oh, great stuff. But I think it's a fantastic song. I think it's once again showing a different side of, of this collection of Mark Ronson and the Business International. We had that really upbeat, dancey opener with Bang Bang Bang. We had the kind of slightly obscure The Bike song. And then we had this as the third single, a beautiful ballad. Uh, and as I said to you while it was playing... The piano work in this is really nice. If you took, if you stripped back all of the electronics, which I would, I hope you wouldn't do because oh, they God really no. make it. But the piano work is beautiful, and I actually wouldn't mind hearing a version that uh, is a little bit more stripped back. I'd go the opposite direction. Actually, I'd love to hear a version that was a bit more uh, banging. Right. Well, maybe we'll both get away. On songwriting duties on this, an absolute who's who. There's no wonder it's such a fantastic song. Uh, joining Mark Ronson, of course, and Alex Greenwald still, we have Kathy Dennis, the lovely Kathy Dennis. Who uh, we had the pleasure of seeing. Who the royal we. I had the pleasure of seeing uh, back in the summer uh, make a storming return back to the stage uh, to perform some of her hits, but also hits that she's written for other people. Good for her. I, it was. It was. She was wonderful. Was it the highlight of your mighty hoopla? I think it probably was. Oh, next to the lovely ladies of Banana Rama. Hello, Hello ladies. Also, Jake Shears, a 
of course, of Scissor Sisters, who we featured way, way, way back in Series 1. Do you remember Series 1? Season 1. Year 1. Year 1. Um, and Kanan. Kanan? Kanan. K9. No. That's a dog Do- from Doctor Who. Doctor Who's ro- robot dog. But he... I know him from featuring on some of Keane's work when they did that experimental Night Train EP. Perhaps we'll feature that one day. Maybe. Should we move on? Yes, track five now. And this, I said this to you after my birthday. You gave me nothing. <laughs> and I tried, I tried, So that was you gave me nothing, and actually, well, I think I did get you a wonderful, thoughtful present of a subscription to Classic Pop Magazine. Uh, and that literally was the gift that kept on giving, because for some reason, way beyond the end of that subscription, I'm still receiving copies every month. Actually, that, was, that wasn't this year, was it? That was last year's birthday present, yeah, and you are still getting it. I am still getting it, and I have to say, it's a fantastic read. So hello to our friends at Classic Pop Magazine. Hello, Classic Pop. Uh, that's my favourite song on the album. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That has flabbergasted me. I love the repetitiveness of some of the elements of that song. Particularly there's a sort of a little synthy thing that sounds like a, an off-key doorbell that's got stuck on. So we'll be popping off-key doorbell into our Christmas coffee table stocking filler book of track-by-track uh, sounds. Which is out later this month in all good urban outfitters. And actually... Off-key doorbell would be a brilliant name. For Pet Shop Boys songs. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Can we make a book called Brilliant Names of Pet Shop Boys Songs? <laughs> yeah. And if you have a brilliant name for a Pet Shop Boys song, please do get in touch. P.O. Box 100, Leamington Spa. Or at Miff to Trash UK, hashtag Brilliant Names for Pet Shop Boys Songs. But I, I just love that. I love such a wonderful electronic pop song and that relentless uh, synthy bed that's in there. Cynthia's bed. She's made her bed and now she's definitely lying in it. Well, who with though? Hopefully not Peter. This track features on vocals, as well as Andrew Wyatt, who we mentioned earlier, who we did say is now an Oscar winner. Uh, He has, of course, done work with Mike Snow, but he has also done lots of production work for the people, including Leaky Lee. And more recently... You mentioned Buddy Leaky Lee every week. Do I? It feels like, yeah. But I kind of... I kind of like slide her in. That's, that's, that's a snake. That's the way Like Cyril Sneer there. <laughs> <laughs> the raccoons. Yeah, wonderful program. Happier times. Let me tell you this. The, the, not the opening credit song, but the closing credit song of the raccoons is one of the best songs of the 80s. I think was it was at the 80s. Anyway, it's fantastic. And maybe the editing fairies will just pop a little bit in first. Just little snippets. I want Mark Ronson, the Business International, to cover that. But uh, back to Andrew Wyatt. More recently, and really frustratingly, he's been working with Liam Gallagher, 
And the reason it's so frustrating is because I quite like a lot of Liam Gallagher's the songs that have come from his recent album. But you almost don't want to. I don't want to, no. So it's Andrew Wyatt and on this song, and it is Rose Eleanor Dougal of the Pipettes, who um, we mentioned before is officially, in inverted commas, a member of the Business International. And co-writing there, Jonathan Pierce. The wonderful. So track number six um, is a very short interlude, uh, which if you're listening carefully now, we're just uh, layering in underneath us. The editing fairies have just popped that in the background. It's a, little bit, it's a bit like on CBBC when they used to tell you what's coming up next and you had something in the background. Oh, that's a lovely record. An instrument. Yes. So that's um, the colour of Krumar there. Very nice. I do like, I do like the vintage feel of this. Mm. Lovely. But we're into track seven now, uh, and this is Glass Mountain Trust. Glass Mountain Trust featuring D'Angelo. You could definitely feel D'Angelo's presence on that track. Yeah, I think his vocal, real sort of raspy, soulful vocal. I would say almost a bit growly. Mm. In, in, a, in the best possible way. It really reminded me of, you know, the Gorilla song, Stylo? Which yes. Which the first single from Plastic Beach, which I love that album. In fact, that should be on the long list. And featured Bobby Womack. And for me, it's got that same sort of feel, that nice, really nice blend of... Oh, is he the guy from The Only Way is Essex? Bobby Womack. Yeah. Um, I can't say I've seen him, but probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Uh, I think you're thinking of Arge. So a great song. And there's a lovely moment. I think you feel with that song, it feels like one of the more... It's kind of on the same level throughout almost. It's got his great vocal. It's got a lovely kind of warm hum. Towards the end, you've got those the keyboards sort of shine through. Those lovely synthesised keyboards. Absolutely. And it just kind of reminds you of what this album is all about. But a great song. It's definitely an album track. And that is fantastic. So moving on now. Track number eight now. We're on to. This is a Circuit Breaker. Instrumental. We don't often play an instrumental, do we? Normally skip past those. Oh, but I wanted just to milk every last drop uh, out of that. Yeah. It's one of those songs, said it time and time again, it just does something to me. I could listen to that on repeat. Some people will find that so repetitive, even the four and a half minutes there. I could listen to that for ten minutes straight, if not more. It was a real, I would say, like a wall of sound. Mm. With the drums... The synths, the guitars, it's, um, it's wonderful. Now, to, just to avoid any confusion there, you said with the drums, uh, Jonathan Pierce of the drums does appear elsewhere on the album. He's not on that song. But that's very clear. No, not capital T, capital D. No. But it's um, with that song, I, what I particularly would like to know is 
how it came about. I wonder if that was supposed to be a track with vocals that then ended up being one without. I wonder if it was just a bit of a freestyle because you have got on there Alex Greenwald again and you've also got Shimon Nolfo who I could find out very little about on the internet. Oh, quite a mysterious individual. Mm. Uh, what if he's on Twitter? Let's maybe have a look during the next track. Let's have a look during the next track. And this is, uh, I love the idea, it was a, just a big jam and a big musical collaboration. Yeah. Um, and they just all, it was all about the, uh, the music and the instruments. We're on to number nine now, uh, another big track. This is Introducing the Business. That was introducing the business, and once again, I absolutely love Mark Ronson's attention to detail and how that song, right towards the very last millisecond, is all about those last few little bits. That might not be the part that we play play on the episode. I'm not sure. It, it might not be, but it sounds like he got a text message at the end as well. Mm. Maybe, maybe he actually did and thought, Do you know what, keep it in. in. So the featured artists there were Pill. Mm. You know anything about Pill? Very little. Uh, and the London Gay Men's Chorus. Now, do you remember when you auditioned for the London Gay Men's Chorus? Pardon. They had two issues. Uh, one that you couldn't sing. And the <laughs> second one, they didn't actually think you were gay. Well, I just said I was too gay for them, <laughs> Which I thought was quite offensive. But uh, Quite rich coming from them. Yes. But no, have you ever seen them live? Because they do a lot of They festivals. are sensational. Yeah? A real wall of sound. Mm. Oh, you've already done that one today. Have you got another one? Uh, a... Stunning collection of queer voices. Oh, lovely. Uh, there's a real epicness to this track, isn't it? Maybe it's the strings that are in there that help that. I think so. I think this is the one for me that feels the most, and I don't particularly like the, the use of the word, but you'll see what I mean. It feels the most urban. It feels the most hip-hop or rap. And it feels like the, the song of all of them on the album, the one that I shouldn't particularly like. If this was on an album of songs that all sounded like this, Probably listen to it, but on this, it sounds fantastic. So track 10 now, and I'm, I can't give you... You're any, looking forward to this. This is my favourite song on the album. This is Record Collection. I tell you what it is on my mind. record collection there and that song is featuring Simon Le Bon and Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran and also Wiley. You can really feel Duran Duran in there. Definitely. That could have been off of the most recent album. Yeah, definitely. And of course, Mark Ronson has produced, well, he produced part of Paper Gods and he produced all of All You Need Is Now, the album that came before that. I'm just thinking about that song, All You Need Is Now. It's a great song. Wonderful. Yeah, well, we haven't done that album yet it's not, is it on the list I think it is on the list but maybe the editing fairies will drop in a little bit of that track just to just for comparison's sake and you 
mean, the album does turn 10 next year, so... Yes, you are a fan of a milestone, or not. Or these nine years, as this album is today. This is my second favourite track on the album. I'm glad to hear it. The chorus is anthemic, isn't it? It really is. And Simon Laban has got a very iconic, very unique vocal. Uh, I think that shines through here. But also, not only that, throughout, you've got Nick Rhodes on the keyboards. He is just, uh, you know, one of the most iconic synthesizer players in the world. I think you've got him... You've got the members of Kraftwerk, uh, very few others who have kind of really stuck by synthesizers and taken them from where they began and then to where they are today, and then sometimes going back to reference their more vintage sounds. Uh, and he does appear later in the album. We probably won't cover it today, sadly, but there's a track that's called Sound of Plastic, and that is uh, written and featuring Nick Rhodes again. Uh, and Wiley there also providing some uh, rap accompaniment. Which is lovely. And what would we know Wiley from predominantly? I think the one that springs to mind is Wearing My Rolex. Yes. Yeah, that was your favourite song for a while, wasn't it? For all of three hours. Um, but I love the combination of the boys, Wiley, the man himself, all together. Yeah. All so, boys together. And that's lovely. <laughs> and just, I just actually love... Oh, there's something... Uh, there's a major thing, actually, we haven't touched upon... On this song, it's Mark Ronson singing the verses. Mark Ronson doesn't sing. Well, he does, because he's singing the verses. Famously, though, look at Virgin. He brought in guest singers throughout. When he did his Brit Awards performance, he didn't sing a single note. He brought in Adele and Amy Winehouse. But here he is singing uh, some lyrics, which I absolutely love. I'm just going to reference a couple now, if that's okay. I love the lines like... I just got in from somewhere really good. They offered me the part of Bono and a speaking role with all the sunglasses and merchandise I could ever need. I got the last two lines the wrong way around. But it's a great, I, I love the look. I just, it's a fantastic song. It's not only my favourite song on this album, it's one of my top 10 songs of this decade, I'd say, 2000 to 2010. And my housemates in my second year of uni hated this song because I played it all the time. So track 11 now, which you can hear a little bit of, uh, is a, another very short interlude, uh, Selector. Diana, any thoughts? I think it sounds a bit more like, if it was going to be like one of the tracks, it would maybe be a bit more like introducing the business. It's got like a bit more of... drum and bass, a bit more dubby. Yeah, dubby. Right there. Uh, and then we're on to track number 12 now. So this is Hey Boy. Hey boy, I loved Rose's, Rose Dool's vocals in that. Yeah. Well, I say, yeah, this is one of those songs for me where the chorus really makes it. And it I, soars, doesn't it, the chorus? Absolutely soars. And I think you, 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 know, you could say that for a lot of songs, but for me, it just, it takes a while for me to get into this song, if I'm being honest. And it's the first time I've kind of had, probably had a negative thing to say about any song on this album, but just this one, it just... I have to remind myself every time when it gets to the chorus, actually, yes, you know what? I do love this song. I just had to get there. Sometimes it's worth the journey. Maybe then, because I'm struggling, struggling this week, to be honest, 
Mm-hmm. It's a good time to talk about the fantastic artwork. And, you know, if you're, if you're struggling to talk about it, that's always a good sign on the album. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good sign. But I think maybe we could do it now. So, the artwork on here, it's Mark's Head. Uh, and it's a kind of patchwork album, uh, vinyl albums, uh, that kind of make up his head in different styles. So you've got a photograph, you've got something which is more cartoony, you've got something which is a bit more black and white... Um, it's kind of it's a collection of records that make up his head which I think is very symbolic of the album record collection absolutely the bit I absolutely love which is the bit I guess it's the second layer down is the bit that quite clearly references Duran Duran's Rio there Uh, of course he was he is a huge Duran Duran fan he obviously featured Simon Levine and Nick Rhodes on this he's produced their work but it's very very definitely the font and the style and the colour that is the Rio album cover uh, well spotted, and trust you to spot that. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, that wasn't necessarily a compliment. I'll take it. So that was the album artwork. Uh, should we move on? Yeah, so 13 is another instrumental, which hopefully if you've got good quality headphones, you can hear a snippet of in the background. And I would have to say, if I had to say something about this, it would say it was uh, textbook Mark That's No bad thing, is it? No, it's lovely. Uh, it's um, called Missing Words, by the way. And it's another one with Alex Greenwald. He is throughout this album. And actually, we're on to the last track of the album, proper, which also features Alex Greenwald and Rose Eleanor Dougal. This is The Night Last Night. Closing the record collection there, the night last night. It's not petered out at all. No, actually. I think this is a vintage way to end the album. I love that. Yeah, vintagely influenced uh, and a great vintage way to close it as well. Well, and also in that it's it's kind of quintessentially Ronson. Definitely, that'd be a great uh, title for his greatest hits. Oh, not for a Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> and. You know, Mark Brunson is, he's a DJ, he's a musical genius. And so I think to end this on a bit of a slower moment as well is just a genius idea. The thing I like about this whole record collection idea is that all of the sounds that have made up this album are songs that would feature, or sounds that would feature, I should say, in his record collection, some rap, some 80s pop, some uh, more classical stuff even, with some of the instruments. And I'd imagine a lot of those classic albums that he loves end on a bit of a slower note just like this one has here with The Night Last Night kind of uh, controversially and a bit of an opposite to Hey Boy which I said the chorus really makes it I actually prefer the verses to this one I like the the vocals are quite layered there's lots of repetition in the lyrics and gives it a really atmospheric feeling whereas the chorus is nice don't get me wrong but for me it's all about the verses here and do you know what Rose's vocals remind me a little bit of uh, other singers, Lily Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I that as well. Say that. Yeah, and a little bit of Kate Nash. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, but a, a great way to end it. So we're out of wine at <laughs> time. Sorry, uh, but we've got some further listening actually before we do sign off for today. Uh, quite simply, today your favourite Mark Ronson collaboration. Yes. 
So, Will, would you like to go first? So, I've headed back to his previous release, Version. Mm -hmm. uh, And this is uh, a cover of a very familiar song. This is Oh My God, featuring Lily Allen. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't reference that song when I was talking about version earlier. Uh, it's, and I was just having a look back through version, and I know we did Tom Jones last week, but again, this is something very similar, isn't it, with the collaborations he did and the covers that Bronson has done on here as well. What a fantastic selection box. Definitely, yeah. Another record collection. Yes, and this, I love this because I love the original, obviously, and this is a great interpretation of it featuring the unmistakable voice of Lily Allen. Lily Allen, who we just referenced only a few seconds ago. What I love looking through the running order of version is, and we mentioned it actually before uh, on Record Collection, how many of those kind of close relationships he keeps with the people he works with. So Lily Allen featured on version and he produced some of her work, but also um, Phantom Planet, featured on this album covering a Radiohead song and then of course Alex from Phantom Planet features throughout Record Collection uh, and also Kathy Dennis wrote Toxic which features on this album uh, as covered by Old Dirty Bastard and Tiggers and then Kathy Dennis appeared as a songwriter on Record Collection so he's just got friends in the right places shall we say and, and about- I love Stop Me featuring Daniel Merriweather but I, I, for ages I used to get Daniel Merriweather and John Newman mixed up hmm because they both got very good, strong, soulful voices. <laughs> and of course, Valerie is on here. Hello, Hello Valerie. Valerie. <laughs> Do let us know if you get that reference. <laughs> That's quite niche. So on to my further listening choice, if you don't mind. No, 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 no. Yes. Um, got a bit silly then. So yeah, time to move on. Time to move on. This discontinues that idea of how Mark Ronson works with people and how he makes these contacts. My further listening choice, a song that Mark Ronson produced, is from Kaiser Chiefs' third album. It was the lead single, and it's Never Miss a Beat. Never miss a beat. Will, thoughts? I love it. Yeah? I think it's brilliant. And I think a couple of little pop nuggets tucked away in there as well. So you've got Lily Allen on backing vocals. Really? Yes. And also uh, members of the New Young Pony Club as well. Oh, so who's who of 2008? Yes, very of its time. Uh, did very well. Got to number five in the singles chart. And this, of course, would have been the start of the relationship with uh, Nick Hodgson, who has gone on, who left Kaiser Chiefs, as we mentioned before, and has gone on to keep writing with Mark Ronson. Uh, but yeah, I love this song. I think it was a great um, 
a great way of showing just a different side to them. They've done the kind of angsty British rock band, maybe kind of a bit of a Oasis or Kinks influence in there. And then they just kind of showed a different side to them here, which they've just continued to do ever since here. Uh, and like a lot of Kaiser Chief songs, very sing-along uh, in the pub style definitely. as well. Which is not, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. The pubs and clubs. Is, Lovely. Yeah. Of the north of England. Um, and the uh, social clubs. I particularly wanted to shout out about some remixes. There were two fantastic remixes, remixes of this song. One, oh, uh, Trouser Enthusiasts. Sadly not. Your enthusiasm for trousers is not welcome here. We've got a cut-copy remix and a... Run, hide, survive remix. Which uh, also some great techniques for if you're ever involved in a terrorist attack. <laughs> what cut and copy? Run and hide. Oh, sorry, yeah. and survive. And so do try and survive. That's Please, that's very important. In all seriousness, yes, we need do survive. We need the listeners. We're out <sighs> of wine. Time. Time. Sorry, and wine. Actually, my glass is empty. So do let us know what you think to record collection uh, to version to Kaiser Chiefs to anything that Mark Ronson has touched uh, at Move to Trash UK hashtag track by track and please do subscribe to track by track on Apple Podcasts and if you could leave us a rating or a comment it does mean the world to us it really does and Dan can you give us a hint of a tease now be very careful okay this pint size <laughs> oh no <laughs> do it again <laughs> To say anything more would be to give it away. <laughs> so until next time, I have been Bored George. And I have been Mike Snow. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello, Valerie. <laughs>